Is it time to walk your dog, but you just don't feel like yourself these days? Are you a woman over the age of 35 and are having an array of baffling symptoms? Well, check out Morphis. It's a company started by two women who are in perimenopause and menopause that just want to help other women in this phase of life. They have a podcast, Menopause Reimagined, and a comprehensive website, wearemorphis.com with amazing products that provide relief. If you're struggling with any of the over 102 possible symptoms, check them out. You are not alone in this. Visit wearemorphous.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-M-O-R-P-U-S.com. Does your dog do? Well, answering this question is a fantastic Jeff Allen. He is an award-winning, best-selling author of Where Dogs Go to Live, which we're talking about today, Life's a Dog Bone, and his new release, Leashes in Heaven. He will be back for both of those. He is co-founder of Monkey's House Dog Hospice and Sanctuary. You will always find dogs in the pages of his books as he loves bringing their personalities into his heartwarming and inspiring stories. He's honored to be named USA Today's 2021 Animal Kind Award winner, Jeff, I love it. And I'm so happy to have you on. So tell us something that one of your many dogs does. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's pretty exciting about what our dogs do is they are hospice dogs, uh, major major medical issues. We rescue from shelters and we go on field trips. So we have a bus that we get on. It's called Wagon One. We jump on Wagon One and we go to the Jersey Shore. We go all over the place with them. So my dogs take field trips. Oh, I love that. I love reading about that. I love seeing the pictures of them on the bus. The whole thing is so great. I want to start with a quote from the book. Oh, sorry. I'm so excited. I forgot to ask you what I ask every guest before we jump into the fantastic books. When did your love of dogs begin? I think my love of dogs began when I was uh, when I was a child. We've always I always grew up with dogs. We had a boxer when I since I can remember. Uh, then we had a German Shepherd, Odie. Uh, then we had a uh, Irish setter, which was name was Ginger. So I've always had dogs growing up. And then when uh, I married my wife, Michelle, one of the first, actually was the first animal that we got was a German Shepherd Husky mix named Zavi. So it's always had dogs in our family uh, and big animal lovers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to read from your wonderful book, Where Dogs Go to Live, Inspiring Stories of Hospice Dogs Living in the Moment. Quote, you're about to experience something unique and magical. Even seasoned dog trainers and rescue leaders are in awe of what they've seen and felt at Monkey's House. Entering the house, you are greeted by dogs of varying breeds, sizes, ages, and activity levels. You make your way quickly into the family room to take a seat as dogs gather from all directions. You may opt to settle into a comfortable chair or to plop yourself on the floor to be closer to the wet noses and wagging tails. After a minute or two, the dogs begin to calm down and let you know the petting can begin. Okay, that sounds like my idea of heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you, so you know, beautiful. Lisa, it, it, I have to say it is. And people are amazed. Like, like I said, even even big dog people, right? Trainers, wow. whatever. They come over to Monkey's house and they're kind of amazed. They sit down on a fan, usually on the floor because most of the chairs in, are taken by dogs. And within a short period of time, you could have 20 dogs all very comfortable and just kind of like enjoying each other. So there's no 
there aren't any uh, issues with uh, dogs not getting along. It's it is quite uh, quite tranquil, tranquil, yeah, tranquil. Yes, it, it seems so amazing, and I was taken in by all of the dogs. But let's start with Monkey. Tell us about the little guy that inspired all of this. Yeah, so Monkey came to us about well, it was actually about eighteen months before we started Monkey's House. Oh. My wife is a retired nurse, and we started fostering dogs many, many years ago probably 15 years ago or more. And the shelters would reach out to Michelle and say, hey, can you take this dog? Because they had medical issues. And she was able to really help out the ones that with medical issues. And Monkey came to us. He was a little Heinz 57, you know, mixed dog. The shelter vet said, oh, he only has a couple months to live. Just take him home, let him be comfortable and let him pass. My wife said, to the vet said, you know, he just needs some, some basic medicine, heart meds. We've had dogs before that had a heart issues. They're like $8 a month at Walmart. And the vet said, no, 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 just take them home. So my wife, that wasn't good enough for us. So she, she, got, she got a little <laughs> uppity and said, that's it. We adopted monkey. Um, she got the meds. He saw, saw our cardiologist, our vet, of course, and lived 17 vibrant months here on our little farm after he passed, that's when Michelle said, you know what, we need to really start Monkey's House. We talked about opening up a dog hospice because there's a lack of resources for them. Yeah. And that's how it became Monkey's House. Oh, well, you know, one of the things that I was so thrilled to read in the book is that you work with the fantastic Dr. Judy Morgan. And Dr. Judy does a Q&A every month on the show, and we advertise on each other's shows, and we just adore each other. And I thought, of course, Dr. Judy Morgan's involved in this. It was so wonderful to read that. Yeah, she actually, um, so she was, my wife, uh, Michelle, when she started fostering and then had some of these dogs that had issues, that's when she really got into the food therapy. Yes, And that's what's really unique about Monkey's House now, because we did follow Judy Morgan and we still do. And, and many other holistic, more or less holistic vets and the food therapy push, the fresh foods. So these dogs, which a lot of times the shelter vet says, you know, has a month, two months to live, are with us two years later. Matter of yeah. fact, even Judy came over when CNN was here one time and they asked, what's, you know, how come these, these dogs are living so long? And Judy kind of joked and said, yeah, we didn't expect that. You know, <laughs> we're full. We can't take, you know, we can only take so many dogs in. But yeah. they, they live a great life here. Yeah. Well, you give them gently cooked or raw food and no kibble. And that's something that I'm doing now with my dog, Blue, because he's got skin issues and allergies and he's always itchy. So now I've got him on just a quarter of his kibble and I've got him on turkey and acorn squash. Now he has a million allergies, so he can have like five things. So it's going to be take a little longer to get him totally off the kibble. And I, you know, I already see a difference in him and it's just incredible. So I'm so glad you're able to do that. And that takes a lot. You have some fantastic volunteers and I love how you call them aunts and uncles. Yeah, actually, my wife came up with that term. She says, you know what, our volunteers, we need them to be fully invested in our children, right? Our furry children, yeah. like their aunts and uncles, like you would with your with your regular nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah. So, and that's why she came up with that term, aunts and uncles, and it, and it stuck. Yeah, and one of the aunts, uh, Aunt Dawn, loved to bring ML Bob peanut butter pies. I love that. Tell us a little bit about ML Bob. So ML Bob used to be called Feisty Bob. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Feisty Bob was, fo she, uh, Dawn was fostering ML Bob. Uh, actually, at the time, at the time, it was Feisty Bob. Mm 
he was up on top of a kitchen table and <laughs> and he was quite a character. And then once he was done fostering, we have quarantine fosters for a couple of weeks because we can't bring dogs that may have um, any kind of like kennel cough or something into our pack. Oh, yeah. So for at least two to three weeks, there's a quarantine foster and she was quarantine fostering uh, Feisty Bob. So when he came to here, Michelle said, you know what? He can't be Feisty Bob anymore. He's got to calm down. And she, we always feel that the, we, we name our dogs. Most dogs, we don't know what the names are from the shelter. And even if sometimes most of them are, are deaf, a lot of them are hard of hearing. So you can call them whatever you, whatever you want. <laughs> so she picks a great name for these dogs. And she said, you know what? I think he's, um, I think he's, he's just, he can't be, he just be Bob. And then the big Facebook family, I think she put it out and said, what should he be called? And he was much love Bob. Aww. So much love Bob turned into ML Bob. Oh, I love that. You know, another dog that really stuck out for me, and, and you did this dance, you called it the dance and touch method with Shark the Beagle. Tell tell us about this dance. Oh, Shark. <laughs> shark was a tiny little beagle. Matter of fact, we think he might have been a, a lab beagle. Oh. Right, so, And he was not very friendly, except somehow he took to me. So he was kind of my friend. Um, I would dance with him yeah, a little odd. But no, I think it's great. around with him in the cottage, which is a separate area of the house. And he got used to me and I would touch him on the sides, like when I was dancing, just a little bit. And after a while, I was the one that if his uh, harness came off or got to, it, his leg went through the wrong hole, mm -hmm. it would say, Jeff, uh, shark needs some help. <laughs> and I'd go over and it would take me at first, it took me about five minutes to get it back on. And then towards the end, it took me just a few seconds to get it back on. So he he got used to me, but that's how dogs are. You know, they yeah. sometimes they come here and they are, um, I wouldn't say they're aggressive, but they um, a little snippy. Uh, and he was one of those. But after time and after the love we give them, they, they really do change. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about dogs. I also really enjoyed reading the different therapies that you give. Uh, there's underwater treadmill or that they do uh, cold laser therapy, acupuncture, regenerative medicine, ketamine infusion. I had no idea. Or ketamine, micro bubble therapy. Dr. Judy just mentioned that the other day in one of our Q and A's. And I definitely want to try that for blue for his itching and Reiki. So for my lab, Benji, we've done, it wasn't an underwater treadmill, but we brought him to an aquatic place where he actually had a pool and they, he swam in the pool and they did cold laser therapy, which has helped. Tell us a little bit more about this micro bubble therapy and about a ketamine infusion. I thought that was just for people who want to do like psychedelics in a, you know, to heal trauma. That's something I've done. I've talked about uh, on my other show, Health Power. Yeah. The, well, the micro bubble is, is these, these minute, minuscule bubbles that, that gets generated from this machine. It's, it's, a, it's like a whirlpool almost, um, but it has a wand and you, you go across the areas that need it. Like you said, if you have a dog that has really bad skin problems, right. um, then this will, it, it may take, in normal circumstances, it may take you months to get that healed up. Okay. Uh, this with a, with a, you know, probably a couple of weeks, it will be healed up with, you know, a few treatments uh, a week. And oh, we have one of those here. Oh, wow. We use it on a lot of the dogs. And even sometimes when a dog, the skin is, is, is not bad. Sometimes we still use it because it just gives them a good feeling. Um, yeah. It brings that into them. Now the different type of treatments we use, like I said, we use a lot of different modalities. Yeah. Um, and that's what we always recommend people like, look, you may have a traditional vet and we have traditional vets, um, but they're willing to 
do the non-traditional. Of course, Judy, who was our vet a long time ago, has has since retired from really from practicing um, the veterinary medicine, but she still does a lot of other things, right, with uh, her her supplements and different products. But the if you go to your traditional vet, hopefully they're open to the non-traditional um, veterinary techniques that you that can be done. Oh, yeah. You know, the other thing that I really enjoyed reading about was the imposter. Tell us what that means. So most people would hate that term, right? An imposter. Yeah. You got somebody who's bad <laughs> and making, we love imposters. Imposters are uh, a dog that will come here. Uh, one of our imposters was Archie. He was a very big uh, blockhead yellow lab. And, um, <laughs> He, we thought he had cancer in his leg because he had a really bad limp and the vets did at first, but we kept getting him checked out. We said, we don't think it is cancer. And here he had a bad break at one time. Oh. Um, we also got him again with the food therapy. He lost about 20 pounds. Oh, so wow. he was now in better shape and he wasn't, he didn't need hospice care. He didn't need that. So we tried to get them into a forever family and we've gotten about a dozen dogs in to forever families mm -hmm. now that were not quote hospice dogs, you know, when, when they're at the shelter and they take a look at them, they don't do, they don't always are able to do thorough examinations of everything. And oh, they, yeah. they kind of say, Oh, this dog's uh, is, is terminal, but they're not. They come here, they eat the great food, they get the vet care. And we're like, you know what, this dog could have a forever family. So we get them out to a family. Yes. And uh, everyone who listens to the show knows I'm a pit bull fanatic and I don't remember the name, but you called him the mayor, which made me happy. And he's just an absolute sweetheart. And at first you were like a pit bull. And I'm like, oh no, Jeff, come on. You got to know more than that. They are the sweetest love bugs. Oh my God. They just want to smush on you. So tell us about the mayor. <laughs> the, that was Parker. Parker. Parker was the mayor. And Parker. he came, he came the first year we opened monkey's house and you're right. We have, so we have the house we have the garage, which is now fully converted into sporting dogs. And then on the other side of the garage are two rooms that should be my man cave, right? With my big TV set, but it's not. It's <laughs> no. the cottage. The cottage is where dogs go because sometimes sometimes these dogs, even though we, we only try to bring in dog friendly uh, right. and cat friendly because we do have a couple of cats too. Sure. Um, but they just they get tired of being with 20 dogs. So there's always a few dogs out in the cottage. And well, sometimes we'll rotate them. They'll come in for a while and they'll go back out. It's a home setting. It has couches, just like everything else. And um, so Parker used to be in there and he would be in the house. It was so funny when he came in the house. I think, I think the show he used to love watching was like little house in the prairie. Yes. <laughs> he would, he was, he would just be glued to the TV. It's like, what is going on with this? But he, yeah, when I first when he first came and I walked into the college cottage that night from coming home from work, I did. I said, "What a pit bull!" And my wife said, "Get over it." Yes. <laughs> the next I'm... thing I know, he's licking me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Friendliest. We've had about uh, a half a dozen pit bulls or pit bull Aww. mixes. Yeah. Every one of them has has actually been the friendliest dog to people. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's just incredible. You know, another thing that was so heartwarming was to read about Caden. He's young, uh, one of Monkey's House's youngest volunteers at just three years old. He started he had autism. And there were three dogs that were attached to Caden, uh, Harley, Fletcher, and Bugsy. Tell us a little bit about these dogs. Yeah. So, that, so Harley was a, uh, like an Alaskan Malamute. He was a big dog. He had a uh, almost a uh, bowling ball 
size cyst on his side oh. that uh, that got removed. Uh, and he lived a couple of years with our forever. He was in with one of our volunteers, Anne Holly and Caden. Um, and they loved him to death. She always has a couple of our dogs, sometimes up to three or four she's fostering for us. And they were best buddies. But the one that really uh, took me was Bugsy. Bugsy was a bug, which is a Boston Terrier pug mix. Oh. <laughs> That's why his name is Bugsy. He was very active here. He, he, was, he was with us for a couple of years, but he always got, he was a little bit um, excitable when new volunteers came. And he didn't have any, really any teeth, but he would kind of like grab them here and there. So, and until, they, <laughs> until he got used to them. But then Holly said, you know what? I'll take them home because she doesn't have people coming over. And Bugsy fell in love with Caden. Um, and like you said, Caden, with his, his, he's on the autistic spectrum. He also has sensory overload issues. Yep. And I explained in the book how Bugsy would, when he was having that, he'd put his hands up to his ears. And Bugsy would come over and put it, lean his head against his hip. And next thing you know, Caden is taking his hand down and petting Bugsy. And then he's, it kind of brings him out of it. And no yeah. training, Bugsy had no training for that. It's just dogs have these instincts that we've noticed time and time again. We've had uh, our German Shepherd Sora, uh, who was our personal dog, who was kind of like the, the calming influence over Monkey's house. You know, when when uh, one of our dogs would be passing, Sora had her head resting on the dog, and she mm -hmm. wasn't real dog dog friendly either. Either so, they really can sense when someone needs a little help. You probably get asked this a lot. How do you deal with the grief? It's uh, and I do like to talk about it because I think some people might think, well, okay, you do this is what you guys do, and you probably don't get that emotional. We get as emotional as anybody would with their dog, oh, with yeah. their individual dog. Right. We get the same way. I mean, it rips our heart out. Um, and matter of fact, I, you know, it's been very sad here. Uh, the last two, probably about two months, we lost five dogs. We've lost a lot of dogs oh, um, so all of a sorry. sudden. It seems like sometimes it goes in spurts, but not five dogs in like two months. Um, it hurts. Uh, as Michelle said, I think in her interview with the home, she was at the Hallmark Channel one time and they, yeah. they asked her uh, about it as well. And she said, you know, the day that it doesn't hurt anymore is the day I stop. Right. And, and that's right. Because these dogs were willing to take that pain over and over again to give them the best final chapter of their life. See, and that's what's so beautiful, because a lot of the times they think, well, you know, they're, they got too many issues and they're not going to live that long anyway. So let's, what's the point? And you're like, what's the point? Some of these dogs have been so broken by people and don't know any compassion. But whether it's two days, two weeks, or two years, you're going to give them that wonderful life that all dogs deserve. And, you know, time time is not really a factor, to be honest right. with you. We could have a dog for two weeks, and I think it upsets us more, the two-week ones, than the two-year right. ones. And let me tell you why. Because we weren't able to give them that love in those last months or year of their life. And that is, that is really sad that they, who knows what their life was previously. It probably wasn't that good if they were dumped at the shelter. Um, and that's really sad. 
I can't stand when people don't want their dogs anymore because they're old. So you talk about a 13-year-old plus Shih Tzu that her owners wanted to euthanize her because, as they put it, she's just too old. And that is just awful. It's sad. It is sad because 90, 90 plus percent of our dogs are, are that are that case. Like I said, we, and the good thing about Monkey's House is what Michelle and I have a philosophy is like, we don't look at the past at all. We don't, generally, we don't know their past. So when they come here from that day forward, that's what we look at. And we try to only have positive energy here. Like we don't want to look back. And I, <laughs> we have a large Facebook followings and sometimes the dog will come in and it is a mess. It's missing its back legs. It was mistreated. And it, and I, and I get it when some of our followers say, you know, karma and they might, they might be really yak, you know, giving it to the previous owners. Oh, yeah. I don't do, we don't do that. We're like, okay, let's move forward. Let's go no. forward. Let's be positive, all positive for it. You're very mature. <laughs> I'm like, I want to take them and no, I won't. Take them. No, we, we, we want to do that, but you know what? It's not, it doesn't do anything. And we don't want to bring that negative energy into monkey's house. Exactly. And speaking of positive energy, I love this. You have examples of uh, some of the names that dogs were given when they came to Monkey's house. Mr. Peabody, P-E-E, <laughs> for a very good reason. Tell us about Mr. Peabody. <laughs> so Mr. Peabody and Lucy, are two be- hunt- they were two hunting beagles that came here right when we opened, like just the kind of the day we opened, basically. They were outside dogs. And when we weren't really ready to open up Monkey's House yet, we we put them in our barn. We had horses at one time, so we made sure. And actually, we a group came over and helped fence it in and everything. So they were in our barn. They had, uh, and they also had an igloo inside the barn. So then they had to. And if it was winter time, we had coats. They wouldn't come in the house. It took us about a year for them to come in the house. But oh, wow. how they got the names is really something. <laughs> the volunteers would come over and they'd start walking the male dog and, and the female, female was Lucy and the male dog. And I don't think we had names for him at the time, but he would, everybody would walk him and he didn't care where he peed. He'd pee right on your leg. And so we <laughs> called him Mr. P, P-E-E, Mr. Peabody and Lucy. Um, oh, that's so funny. You also had princess granny. I think her name was just granny, but you thought she deserves to be a princess. Yeah. Her, I the story her name right? was like old granny or something like that. She said, no, oh. she's not an old granny. She's a princess granny. And she ended up, um, one of the volunteers, Karen, loved Princess Granny. She would come every Saturday and help feed the dogs. And she always took care of Granny because Granny was, she was friendly, but not overly friendly. But she really took to Karen and Karen. And next thing you know, she had five different tiers, one to match every outfit she had. (laughs) And uh, I think a picture in the book has Aunt Karen with a tear on with with, uh, Princess Granny. Um, and one of the other names that we, that I really liked, I think I highlighted was, uh, Leo. Yes. So little Leo, um, he was found by, uh, somebody was out taking a walk and he was found next to a dumpster. And she thought it was like, at first she thought it was just an old rag laying there. He was so dirty and and beat up. Uh, some looked like someone hit him on the head and she saw some movement. So luckily she grabbed him and took him to the shelter where they cleaned him up and, and you know, bandaged up his injuries. Next thing you know, he came here. It took a year for us to really to touch him without him flinching. But when he came, Michelle said he was so timid. She called him Leo to give him the strength of Leo the lion. He was here for about two years and, uh, and he was loved by all. 
Once you have had a wonderful dog, a life without one is a life diminished. That's a quote by author Dean Coots, and I couldn't agree more. I want my wonderful dogs to live as long as possible, and what they eat plays a huge role in their health and longevity. Kibble is full of seed oils that wreak havoc on our dog's health. They damage their microbiome, which affects digestion, oral health, their skin and coat, and more. And that's why I feed my dog Benji Yumwoof. Their air-dried food is GMO-free and has an inflammation-reducing recipe with omega-3 and coconut oil. It's all the benefits of fresh food without the fridge, carbs, fillers, seed oils, and other inflammatory ingredients you see in other brands. Yum Woof obsessively crafted a healthy, low-carb food with humanely raised USDA meat, eggs, and other non-GMO superfoods that my dog loves. Try the number one air-dried dog food for gut health for 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. That's 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. Go to www.yumwoof.com. That's www.yumwoof.com. You and your dog will be so glad you did. Does your family include a dog or a cat? Would you like to be better educated on how to advocate for their health naturally? Then why not check out all of the amazing resources on naturallyhealthypets.com? Dr. Judy Morgan is a trusted advisor and a regular guest here on the Dog-Eared Podcast. She has over 38 years experience as an integrative veterinarian, acupuncturist, chiropractor, food therapist, author, speaker, podcast host, and owner of Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets. Dr. Judy's goal is to change the lives of pets by educating and empowering pet parents just like you in the use of natural healing therapies and minimizing the use of chemicals, vaccinations, and poor quality processed food. Head on over to naturallyhealthypets.com where you'll discover healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast, informative blogs, upcoming events, and so much more. Again, that's naturallyhealthypets.com, the place to learn how to give your pet the vibrant life that they deserve. And I know that you see a lot of uh, physical ailments as well. I mean, tumors and teeth issues and leg issues. What are some of the craziest things you've seen that, that Dr. Judy was able to help with and operate on? Yeah, well, so every dog, I think we, I would say probably 80% of the dogs that come here have need dentals, uh, right. really bad dental. I mean, you're talking sometimes 20 teeth plus come out uh, oh, wow. of the dog. Um, but that's, and that's, that makes a big difference. You, you can see the turnaround within just a couple of days. Uh, could you imagine having, you, you, you know, you probably, everybody on the, on the cast broadcast here probably has had a toothache at one point in their oh, life. Oh yeah, of course. Can you imagine having a mouthful of oh, teeth like that? It's terrible. The pain you're going through. So that's one of the things we try to get done as soon as possible if they need it. Now there are some circumstances because a lot of them also have, uh, heart issues um, and you have to we have to get to the cardiologist first to make sure that the anesthesia and the body can take what needs to be done to get those teeth out um so that's something that we have to do as well um but that's that's a, almost all dogs have the dental issues we have a lot of tumors uh we've had dogs we've had tripods we've had a dog's missing both back legs so we've had tons of different type of carts 
Um, we've also had quite a few bigger dogs, mostly German Shepherds, that have uh, DM, uh, degenerative myelopathy, which is the um, the canine version of ALS, right? yes. Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. So we've had Dozer. Um, I think Dozer was in the yeah Dozer. Yes. Was in the book. Dozer and Ariel. Those are two in the book in that chapter. Yeah. Uh, they both they both were in carts. Um, actually, Dozer was more in a wagon, uh, and I'd pull him up and down the street. Uh, he was only here for three months, boy, but he stole everybody's heart. Big German Shepherd. He oh. was just a sweetheart. And you know, the the beautiful thing about dogs are, he only lived. He was only here for three months. He enjoyed every day. You know, if and I always say this: if someone told us, me, that you have a terminal diagnosis, I have a terminal issue. Um, are we going to enjoy every day? Are we going to are we, we going to live in a moment? Or are we going to be like depressed and you know worried about it and I mean, rightfully so, but these dogs, they just live every day. And I hopefully from taking care of over 150 dogs now and seeing this, that I have that attitude. If When eventually something happens to me, I'm looking like, you know what? Okay, that's fine, <laughs> but I'm going to take my walk on the beach. I'm going yes. to still enjoy my life. Yeah, we all need to take that attitude. Uh, you write about Hannah Bear, and you said that Hannah Bear uh, was one of the most stunning dogs that ever called Monkey's House home. And I love that you say, quote, like all dogs, we pull off the euthanasia list. She was on the list for what was wrong with her. No one can see all that was right with her. Yeah, that's right. with her. That's, that's, that's the thing. People see what's wrong with them. Um, mm -hmm. and, but if you look the other way and say, what's right about this dog? You know, Hannah Bear, a little Pomeranian, she had no hair from the neck back when she yeah. came to us and she had mammary cancer, her glands were swollen. They were even oozy. Right. So we, you know, Dr. Judy did this surgery, but before she could do surgery, we had to get her healthy enough. So again, with the food therapy, so it took us a few weeks to really get her in shape for the surgery. Um, Judy did amazing work on her, uh, got the, the masses removed. Now, she still had cancer through her body, but she was with us for two years. Her hair grew back. She was stunning, um, and she loved the beach. She'd stand there on the beach, and that long hair would just blow in the wind, uh, and she was a character. When she first came, she, like I said, we take we try to bring in dogs that are dog and cat friendly because we have cats as well. Not Monkey's House doesn't, but we kind of rescue some cats here, and What's cool was I shouldn't be I shouldn't say it was cool. She started chasing the cat around. Like after she had the surgery and healed up, it's like, okay, now I guess she's ready to go now. But that's a good sign, not for the cat. But for um, her. Sometimes you catch her snoozing with the cat at times too. I think she was just a character. Oh, that's so funny. You know, I I'm wondering if listeners are thinking, how the heck do you do all this logistically? I mean, especially with the raw or gently cooked food and if they have different issues or allergies. I know in the book you talked a little bit. It's quite an ordeal. Talk to us about this and kind of give us a typical day of feeding at the house, monkey's house. Yeah. Um, so Michelle's the expert on that. I said, you know, thanks to thanks to Judy kicking kickstarting kick it off, uh, and like I said, Michelle's been really done a lot of um, research and education on it. So we'll have, you know, say we have twenty twenty five dogs here at one time. And they have different conditions, right? So one will have cancer, someone has kidney issues, someone has liver issues, someone has all three, or you know, and, yeah. and more than that. So they have to get uh, a base food, 
So we have anything from beef, chicken, uh, turkey, sometimes rabbit, a lot of times rabbit. Oh. Uh, we even have, uh, I look in the freezer and Michelle has like alpaca, llama. Oh, wow. Like, what is it? So it depends on what is needed for the dog. So they all get basically tailored meals. Uh, they'll get supplements. There's all kinds of supplements that go in. And still they get traditional medicine if they need it. What we find is with the food therapy, a lot of that medicine can be reduced and sometimes eliminated. Yeah. Uh, Michelle's had some that, co that come in with um, like stage three kidney failure. And next thing you know, it's either stage one or it's gone from just from the food therapy and just the good care that they get. That's incredible. And, and so at the, the dinner time takes, well, breakfast and dinner, uh, they take about an hour and a half um, each. Now, it's gotten much quicker over the years because now it's, it's I don't want to say it's assembly line, but I know who gets what. And, we just, <laughs> and there's, a whole, there's a whole system to it. It's, um, I, there's a little video out there. Somehow I have to put it back out of oh, me yeah. feeding one time. It's, and it was sped up to, uh, to like, oh, I think it's like the Italian music. That the, oh, I love and, that. Yeah, and it's it's sped up. So, but you could see all the plates. We have a every, we have little circles where all the plates go, and who gets what plate, and who gets what food. Sofa medicine. Tell us about that. So, sofa medicine is, and everybody can do this now. Obviously, it's Michelle being a nurse and now having so much knowledge in in canine medicine and and food therapy. So, it probably might be easier for us. But anybody can do uh, sofa medicine. It's first off, we say. You should want to hug your vet. That's one of the things I think I say in the book. Yeah. You should want to hug your vet. Maybe you don't hug them, but you should want to hug <laughs> your vet uh, or her. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because they're the ones that are looking out for your dog, for right. your baby, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you should talk to the vet. If you, if, let's say your dog is needs fluids um, or your dog is diabetic and you're afraid to do, you know, give the insulin or afraid to give the fluids, talk to your vet, have them show you how to do it, learn how to do it, because it's going to be much easier on your dog to stay at home and do it right on the sofa. When we say sofa medicine, you're given fluids right on the sofa. We've done it a million times now. Um, and anybody can do it. I mean, I do it all. I'm not, I'm not the medical person in the family. I do all that now. So I think whatever you can try to do it at home, number one is it's going to be more it can, it's going to be better for your dog. They're not going to get stressed out going to the vet. Right. They, it's usually probably not the place they want to go. Also, it's going to be easier for you because you might not have time in your busy schedule. So you can do it right at home. And financially today, everybody's, everybody's struggling. You can do it at home. It's going to cost you a lot less money. That's so true. How many volunteers do you have? Or uh, uncles and aunts, I should say. Uncles and aunts. So we had a lot more before COVID. Sadly, mm, COVID kind of really rough. put a monkey wrench and, and everything right and oh, even in, even in the volunteers because we were doing you know the social distancing so we basically for two years we only had like one or two volunteers that came over so we it was it was oh, tough luckily God. i was working from home i didn't have to commute so i could help out a lot more um but it's they're starting to come back but still it's you know i think it's one of those things you people get into a habit right they get into a habit of coming every saturday every you know tuesday afternoon and uh, it's we have we haven't gotten them all back yet. To be honest with you, ten volunteers right now that help out. 
How do dogs get to Monkey's house? Most of our dogs come from the Philadelphia area, which oh, okay. is about 45 minutes away from us. We're in South Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, but there are also a ton of shelters in, in New Jersey, too, that we, we take dogs from. I, I would say Michelle gets a request probably every day. And that's another thing that is really heartbreaking because that's, we can't take them. We can't take them. That's what I was going to. Th- and was if we that. don't, if we don't take them, um, if some other uh, rescue won't take them, most of them though, we're probably one of the only ones that can take them because there's only a handful of dog hospices in the world, um, quite like ours. And so, sadly, sadly, a lot of them have to get euthanized, I guess. But yeah, we don't. We do not reach out looking for dogs. People talk to us and reach back to us every day. I bet. You know, you mentioned working from home. So you do all of this plus a full-time job? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. Somebody said, how do, how do you write books? You know, yeah. you take care of Monkey's House. You have a full-time job. <laughs> and I did say, you know what? I I watch very little TV. Yeah. I guess it's amazed at how much TV I must have used to watch, you know, watching my <laughs> younger days, but I don't watch TV. So writing the books to me is like, I'm writing my own TV movie yeah. <laughs> well tell us about your other two books which after i read them i definitely want to have you on so my second book is life's a dog bone chew it all day long and it is a coffee table book nice uh, so i had a lot of fun doing that uh, obviously it wasn't quite as intense as a as a novel but i have pictures of of most all the dogs that lived oh. here at one time and a quote that goes along with the picture um, oh, some okay. some are some are famous quotes but majority are i just made up some quotes and i they're inspiring quotes sometimes funny quotes uh like one of my quotes is um uh it's a picture of a dog kind of real with a big smile on his face and and I've, i i say this all the time too now when i see people playing with a dog i said i never met a grumpy person playing with a dog <laughs> right have you you, no, you would never meet a grumpy person playing with a dog um and one of my other quotes that I that I really liked and it has this really old dog laying on a um it's champ he's laying on a, a sofa probably look at the oldest looking dog I think we, we maybe ever had and in the end it's not the years in your life that count it's the dogs you loved along the way oh absolutely that is great so that's that's my coffee table book um it's I know People say they have it on their coffee tables because they like to look at it once in a while and people come over and, and pick it up because it, it is kind of cute and it's easy to read, you know, just flip through the pictures and read the quotes. Then, um, but all along I had uh, this other story in my head. I, I get these stories in my head. So that's how I write the write, wrote my last book too, Leases in Heaven, is because I had this story that I wanted to tell. It's a fiction novel. So this is my first oh, fiction nice. novel. Wow. It's a love story with a of course dog backdrop of a dog sanctuary oh nice so, so i it's it's fiction but i took some of the some of the little bit of of our story is in it and what's great is there's so many different personalities when you have 150 dogs all different type of dogs there's so many personalities so they fit beautifully in this story because there's a story about this so they fit into the story and i tell their stories um it's uh, and I said, I just re- released it last week. So I'm, I'm waiting to see the different reviews come in. Wonderful. I think it's a great book. Of course, anybody who writes a book thinks it's probably <laughs> the best ever, right? It's right. not the best ever, but it's very good. It's a very good story. Um, 
so we could talk about that at a later time. Oh, absolutely. No, I would love to have you back to talk about both Life's a Dog Bone and also Leashes in Heaven. Jeff, what does Monkey's House need in terms of donations? Generally, because we are so specific in our feeding routines mm-hmm. that we don't, we say, don't, don't send any food. Don't right. send any treats because even the treats, like we, our treats are even special treats that they get because right. it really makes a difference. What we need is uh, obviously it's very expensive with the vets. So any kind of donations monetarily would be great. Okay. We also have, also have an Amazon wish list oh, that has nice. some of the supplies we need that okay. is on, uh, on monkeyshouse.org is our oh, website. Great. And Volunteers too. There's a there's actually a volunteer application. If you live nearby, we would hope that volunteers that would come at least once a week. There's a there's orientation that we'll go through, uh, and then I, and we we do like them to say they'll they'll do once a week because the dogs will then get used to the person instead of someone coming just every so often. Right. You know, one they're, of the oh, go ahead. No, they're they're the big they're, they're the big three things that we need. It's funny. One of the big things I think on the Amazon wish list is probably paper towels. We oh. go through a lot of paper towels, <laughs> cleaning supplies. Oh, okay, that is good to know. I will check out that wish list. Jeff, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you were hoping to talk about today? I think the the overall theme of the book. I just wanted to because some people will say, "Oh, is your it's it's too sad for me. It's too mm-hmm. sad for me to read." And I'm like. Well, first off, it's it's not that sad. Um, there are sad moments in the book, but I feel that it's it's an inspiring book. I think it's it's uh, it gives you hope. Yes, um, and that's when I take when I try to write my books and in, in, in my new book too, in, in Leashes in Heaven, I try to take you on an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's not a huge roller coaster, <laughs> right? But it oh, is. Yeah. I mean, you have ups and downs, but right. when you're finished, when you're finished with it. It was a great journey. It was a great ride that you went on and it was inspiring and, and it gives you hope. Uh, and that's what I think I want people to understand is hospice, like people think a hospice, it's too sad. It's not sad. It's actually wonderful. It's one of our volunteers said once it's the happiest place on earth, move over Disney. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's sad 5% of the time, 95% of the time, it's the best. I mean, I was crying tears of joy not just a little bit of sadness, but mostly joy and obviously hope and inspiration. Jeff, you are a mensch. It's a good person. You are a mensch. And I'm just so thrilled you came on the show. Again, today we talked about where dogs go to live, inspiring stories of hospice dogs living in the moment. Jeff, tell us all the ways we can find you and tell us again how to donate. Okay. So the best way to find a book, um, obviously I'm on all platforms, but if you go to jeffallenbooks.com, jeffallenbooks.com. That has all my books out there, has a little bit of bio on, on me. And um, so you can go there and check that out. That'd be grateful. Um, you can also go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you can look the titles up, or you could look Jeff Allen up. There's other Jeff Allen authors, but you, you would find me. That's one thing. For Monkey's House, uh, I would say if you're really interested in Monkey's House, follow us on Facebook. So there is a Facebook page. We we post every night uh, the different dogs. People fall in love with us from around the world. I'm literally from around the world. We have close to a hundred thousand followers now. That's fantastic. Um, so it's uh, it's we never expected. We this was all about the dogs, and it still is. But it built a community, and when these these they they communicate with one another. If someone else loses a dog, then people chime in. So it's really 
it's become a great thing more than just the dogs. Um, oh, so check fantastic. that Facebook page out. And of course, our website, which I'm going to be updating soon, but it's monkeyshouse.org. Fantastic. Jeff, it's been such an honor to get to talk with you. Thank you for all, you and Michelle for all the incredible work that you do. And if people want to check out my good boys, past and present, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Lisa Davis MPH. And speaking of Facebook, I recently started a Facebook page, Dog Eared with Lisa Davis. Also, while you're checking out Dog Eared, check out Health Power as well. Thank you so much. Keep coming back.